Welcome to the Jackets Online Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Quinlan, joined by our recruiting guru and editor, Russell Johnson. Um, it's been a minute since we've uh, been able to bring you the podcast, really, because um, my travel schedule has been kind of booked, um, basically, for the last few weeks, anyways. Um, we have been, as Russell likes to put it, Jackets Online on the road. Um Let's see. Since the last podcast, we had the Atlantic. Did we do it after Atlantic? I don't even remember if we did the last one after the Atlantic camp or not, but I think um, it, was it might have been. Uh, so we've had Atlanta Rivals camp. Uh, I went to New Jersey for that Rivals camp. We skipped the one in Indiana. We're not going to Los Angeles this weekend because there's not really anything worth uh, for Georgia Tech related worth going um, out there. And then I was at uh, some high schools this past week. So we've been kind of a little tied up with, with all of that. Um, I guess kind of, you know, the, the one really interesting thing I think that happened um, with, uh, with the, the New Jersey camp anyways, was um, the, <laughs> I'm standing there just kind of chit-chatting um, the way we did them this year is there was a morning session with offense, defensive line, and then the skill guys were in the afternoon. And I have a list of however many guys, New Jersey list was a little bit shorter than some of the other ones. And um, one of the, one of our analysts comes up to me, he's like, Hey, did you talk to, to KJ miles? And I was like, KJ miles is here. Cause he wasn't originally on the list to come. Um, Cause he had gotten hurt and, uh, but he came and, and did some drills and stuff. And it was funny. I talked to him because he was very effusive about Georgia tech and basically they were one of his top two schools. And that was a little bit of a shocker uh, for me. Cause um, you know, I, I had talked to um, what's his name, Russell, um, the defensive end from Delaware. Let's call him TD. Yeah. TD. I talked to TD and uh, I was trying to get Russell to, to see if he would say his name. Uh, it's Tomiwa, I think. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, I talked to him and some other kids and whatever. And, um, then KJ was kind of the, the big story there. Um, so that was cool. Uh, if we didn't recap the Atlanta camp, that was, um, an interesting, uh, kind of adventure. It was not really, it was, it was in Atlanta, quote unquote, um, it was up in like Swanee. So that was a little bit of, uh, a challenge, I think, for some of the kids that didn't didn't necessarily want to travel that far out, but it was a great camp. the The setting was actually very cool at Lambert, um, nice high school, and uh, that was yeah. a lot of fun. And Ru- Russell came down for that, and kind of give, you want to give a little recap of your thoughts from that. Yeah, I mean, I thought you kind of handled, you kind of spoke well on it. Um, you know, the high school it was it would have been a, a bit of a travel, like a distance for some, but for me it was a a 12 minute drive from where I was staying. So I thought that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good timing. And I was pretty, pretty thankful for my sister that she had just moved um, down there into that spot. And it was just crazy how it kind of all worked out uh, in terms of the, the actual camp. I was, I was a little bit disappointed by the, uh, the turnout in terms of the, the kids who were signed up and registered and said they were going to go and then then ended up not showing up. Um, you know, we, everybody was well you and I especially were looking forward to seeing uh, Langston Hughes running back and Georgia Tech commit Antonio Martin up close and personal 
um, weren't able to do that. So, so now we're going to likely have to wait until um, camp season, which is is not far at all away in terms of, you know, college camp season or if he's playing in the seven on seven or something like that. Um, but obviously everybody wants to hear and, and talk about the um, quarterback position and the performances from that camp. Um, AJ Swan, the Cherokee kid, ended up walking away with MVP. Uh, at the time, he didn't have a five-star invite. Uh, since we um, last spoke and since that camp, um, he did receive an invite to the five-star challenge. And he, um, barring some type of unforeseen circumstance, I do expect him to compete at the five-star challenge. Um, the, the other headliner at quarterback who was there, well, at least from a, a Georgia Tech fan standpoint, would be would have been um, MJ Morris. Uh, MJ Morris is uh, recruitment just just keeps going and keeps going and, and keeps going. It's like that. It's like that song you sing when you're on the road. I mean, people don't really do it anymore because of technology, but you're like you start out at like 99 cans of something on the wall and then you go all the way down. But instead of like getting to one at the end, you like lose track in the in the teens and you just start over and you go back to 99. It's just it's just a, a constant cycle. And it's been interesting because you've seen other schools take other quarterbacks. You've seen other schools offer other quarterbacks. Um, you've seen a school a little bit further away um, host him for a visit since then which many thought wasn't ever going to come to fruition. And of course that would be um, Nebraska. And, and some even thought that Nebraska had had the momentum, um, but still for me, uh, you know, as of 10, 19 on Saturday night here, um, I, I still think it, it, it comes down to NC state and Georgia tech. And I, I think with, with Morris, his decision, I wouldn't say it's made, but I would say that it's, I don't know how to, I don't really know how to word that, but Morris seems to be headed towards the finish line. He's, he's in the teens and he knows how to count down the rest of the way. He just <laughs> was able, needed to switch up a few things, um, get a camera, just redo a couple of things and kind of go from there. Um, and then I think last, the other, trying to think of the other people who were at that camp. Well, so remember, Mumu wasn't there, so I went yeah. to see him this past week um, from Grayson High School, Mumu Ben Wahad. Great kid, by the way. Really enjoyed my time with him. Um, and that was a, a, a nice multiple thing because then I was able to talk to Jamal Haynes and, and Noah Collins, who are getting ready to enroll uh, in a few weeks to Georgia Tech. Yeah. And, and got to see Mumu run around and do his thing a little bit. It was a bit of a walkthrough what I went to. but um, Yeah, I was just, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else we saw. We saw uh, Damari Alston was there. Yeah, Damari was there. He was. He was oh, and by the way, we had way. we had someone go see Antonio Martin this week too, um, at Langston Hughes. Mike Singer, who is our at our Notre Dame sister site, went yes. down to Langston Hughes and he interviewed Antonio. And you'll see that probably this coming week. That story on, on Jackets Online, and and I'll get Mike to give a little share a little feedback on what he saw there, but. You know, we've been trying to get eyes on kids that we didn't get to see. It's been a little bit of a weird thing without, you know, there was no rising seniors game, uh, or I think there wasn't. I don't remember. If there was, we weren't going to it um, at that yeah, point. Yeah, that was, 
Yeah. Um, you know, there just hasn't been the normal sort of window of stuff to see. And we didn't have a camp in Orlando, Tampa. We didn't have one in Nashville. We didn't have one in Charlotte or a lot of the other areas where we normally get to see kids either. So like we haven't seen, you know, like Dakota Twitty who's supposed to announce soon. We didn't get to see him in person or, um, you know, a bunch of other kids. There was, there's just been a lot of them that kind of fell through the cracks or, um, you know, just didn't get uh, eyeballs on them for whatever reason, or they didn't come to a camp because they were worried about it or just it was too far for them or whatever the story was. So yeah, it's been a little bit different um, in terms of just trying to kind of piece all of those, uh, those things together. But, um, you know, I feel like we've done a pretty decent job of going to see kids. You know, I went to see Flipper, um, the big kid at, at uh, Waco um, this week. So do they really call it Waco? Yeah, it's like literally their shirts say Waco on it. Because when the the um, when I first heard it and when I saw the story, I was like Waco. I got, you know, the first thing I think of when I hear the words Waco, I think of Texas, I think of Baylor, and I think of those people. As they call it in, in other parts of Texas, Waco. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, Baylor. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's funny if you're not familiar with that area. Yeah. It's, there's all, there's a town down the road, which I've also been to before to cover a game actually called, you would think it's Louisville or it's Louisville, Georgia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of fun stuff when you get into that weird middle, the middle Eastern side of Georgia or Southwest Georgia or even south of Macon, there's a lot of uh, interesting acronyms, uh, nomenclature, nicknames. We're, there's Albany, um, <laughs> not Albany. Um, someone's oh, going to be like, man. Kelly, you didn't even say that right. But regardless, uh, there's a whole whole like subculture of uh, weird Georgia town. So, yeah. Uh, Sounds yeah, like it, Mississippi. Oh, my gosh. It's a little bit like that. It's not... Um, there's there's a lot of parts of Georgia that are not dissimilar to Mississippi when you get out of uh, the metro, actually, but um, especially in the, the southern part of the state. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's been interesting as we try to get out. There's still some kids we haven't seen that we'd like to see. We'd like to see DJ Moore at Archer. Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe. that's he's on my list. I just it like didn't uh, time out with this week with all the travel and stuff to go see him. Uh, but, you know, we have seen a lot of the guys, right? We saw Mo Clipper. We saw Tyler Gibson. We saw Noah DeMeritt. We saw, uh, you know, I saw a bunch of the linebackers um, in various camps. The one yeah. kid we didn't see was the kid from Decula, right? Um, yeah, Kyle Eford. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, so he that's didn't another one that maybe keep an eye on. Um, and we didn't see Ty Anderson either, who's sort of a mystery kid at Thomasville, which is always – produces really interesting players um you know uh the, the veil kid i think at harrison also didn't come to the camp though that's a hike from where he was too it was like almost an hour drive from there to to where the camp was you know marcus walton's down uh, mark sounds down the street at walton um so there's a lot of kids that we can kind of get in at. and our hope is that some of these kids will camp this summer at tech and yeah Russell for sure. a chance to see them or they'll be in the seven on seven circuit somewhere where one of us can check them out. Um, right. You know, basically I looked at my calendar and like, 
my June's totally screwed in terms of just there's camps, camps and more camps and seven on sevens and mega camps. And it's going to be uh, a busy time for, for, for us at jackets online. And, um, you know, as we, we kind of look at it, it's been a weird camp season, but the, the other really interesting thing for, for JOL subs uh, going forward too, is that the five-star is going to be in Atlanta and it's a little bit different in terms of travel. So it's going to be much more Atlanta centric or Georgia centric or Southeast centric than, than most years. So I think that, um, you know, you, you talked about AJ Swan. I had told him at the camp, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a five-star invite and he did, um, you know, you look at, um, uh, you know, some of the other guys are starting to invite, uh, Tyler Gibson. Yeah. Tyler Gibson got an invite. Um, it was the offensive lineman where you messaged me and, uh, <laughs> Every, the other everybody's one. favorite mystery recruit Dane Shore. Yeah. Dane's going, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, the kid at, at Raven gap, um, the Notre Dame commit go, I bet he ends up did he did he camp no but i wouldn't be shocked if he gets like there's going to be some stuff like that i think he may have camped like a year ago if kids did that then they're letting them in yeah so there's um it's it's going to be an interesting thing with him i think he was hurt or something and just didn't want to come down i think that's what singer told me yeah he, he was, was originally the, supposed he, to be at the rivals camp he was at one of our i don't know if it's like a partner camp the vto camp oh okay he was at the one with um and and singer was actually there i remember he told me he was like who is this kid and because you know at the time notre dame hadn't offered and it was i mean to go a little inside baseball it was between um, georgia tech and penn state were basically his top two schools until notre dame entered the picture and we had like this in-depth audio like he was really talkative and even answered follow-up questions on both the schools and before we even got the chance to run it, because Notre Dame offered, I think, two days later, a day later, and uh, it, it was really just a wrap. Um, so it was, yeah, I would, yeah, he was there. Um, trying to think of who else in the area could end up with a five-star invite. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see who else. Um... Mari got his already. He got his at the camp. Yep. Which he did. He did a nice job there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's some some other guys. Like I think even like Drew Bobo's probably on that fence. Um, yeah. Um, he was good. Yeah, I mean, if you know, in my my opinion, if if Tyler Gibson's going, I think Drew Bobo deserves to go. But um, maybe it took Tyler because he's more of a guard. I don't, I'm not sure what the numbers look like. I, I stay out of that stuff because I try not to meddle with the five star. I don't want to be one of those guys. It's like all up in the bothering our, our analysts trying to, as they're trying to set that up. Um, right. And then, um, you know, on top of all the other stuff, we're getting ready. So we're going to have camp season, which is going to be a lot more intense than it usually is because a lot of schools are, like Wake Forest has a camp like every day almost, um, for example, like or and then some other school like Tech has a ton of camps, um, but other schools are doing fewer ones. So it's, that's going to be weird. And then you have the official visit starting because the dead period ends in um, uh, nine day, 10 days. Nine. Yeah. Something nine. Um, 
well, midnight of whatever, uh, a Monday, right. a week from Monday. So, um, that's, I mean, and, and it's fascinating because the approaches are so different. If you're a G5 school, you're not going to visit kids and you're going to try to save that for December versus like Iowa state, who's going to bring whoever in or whatever. So any bad weather school is going to try to do all their summer visits. Now Georgia tech's straddling the middle of that, where they're trying to bring both uh, kids who are committed and profile uh, high profile targets in now uh, to, to, to kind of close the deal, I guess. Um, so, you know, that that's always the double-edged sword, right? Because do you visit now or do you hold the visit for December and hope that they don't commit somewhere? I think with the small numbers in the class, it is wise to just go ahead and bring, bring in kids now, try to get them committed and, and, you know, keep, you have to keep recruiting kids in the background just to, to cover yourself until signing day. But I sort of understand that. I think, um, you know, if you kind of look at the, the visitor list, even for Georgia tech, it's, it's pretty extensive for, for a June visit thing when you say. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that hundred percent. Um, the 11th is the, the, the big weekend in terms of quantity. And, and there are quite a few big names on that list. I mean, you've got a Thomas, you've got Jaron Willis, you got Jaden Mangum, you've got Marcus Allen, KJ miles. Uh, you got Drew there's Bobo. 14 kids coming for that, for that, uh, that one weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got the, a couple of the commits coming to town, got Tamiwa. Nathan Vale, Moo Moo, Archer's DJ Moore. Um, but then, you know, the, the following weekend is the one that I think a lot of people have circled on it because, you know, if it does actually happen, it, it, it I wouldn't call it historic. I'm not going to be like crazy, um, but it is a pretty big deal for George Tech to have a, a five-star official visitor. Well, you'd have a five-star official visitor and you'd have two guys who are right on the edge of the Rivals 250 and that one weekend with um... – um, uh, Bonner and, and Glover. So, yeah. and, you know, some other guys who have the potential to move up or move around, we don't know where they're going to end up in all of this. Uh, you know, you have um, at least uh, two other kids who camped with us where I don't know where they're going to be re-ranked, who both did really well at, at Rivals camps and Felix Hickson and, um, and Tamiwa. So, yeah. like, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, kind of how the shuffling of the, the, the cards go. We have um, a different person doing our state of Georgia ranking. So that's another sort of X factor in all of this, like where the kids, who moves up, who moves down, um, you know, yeah. and, and then, yeah, having a five-star kid is kind of a big feather in the cap of, of Jeff Collins. They've picked up a former five-star kid, but they've not really had, um, I, have they had a, a five-star official visit? I don't think so yet. Not not a five-star at the time. Um, um, I'm not sure. Did Will Anderson end up a five-star? That is a good question. I feel like he was either there or right on the edge of it. Um, we're pulling it up. Yeah, he ended up a five-star. So, I mean, they, they have hosted one, but he wasn't a five-star. Sure. At the time, I, I think he was barely in the 250. Yeah, he was like 198 when he took that OV. Yep, it's uh it's tough when Bama wants somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because well, they had him and Brian Branch in the same weekend. And 
both those players, I mean, they made a good strong impact at, at Alabama this past year and factor in even more this year moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, well played a ton, especially even in, in their run. Uh, it was, it's funny when you see those kids, like they call their names, like, Oh, I remember him, you know, like, yeah. or, Oh, I hit, oh, that's so funny how, uh, how whatever happened happens, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty interesting to watch kind of, the, the the different method methodology of visiting obviously like all the big 10 schools are are front and notre dame are front loading visits right now yeah i mean michigan's bringing in kids who aren't even don't even have offers in some cases like mumu yeah uh, so it, it's going to be really fascinating to see how that plays out you know and then the thing you alluded to too the the big thing that's kind of hanging over georgia tech right now too is the quarterback situation cuz really most of the schools um with the exception of the ones who are recruiting MJ uh, have their quarterback situation set up. Even Maryland has, has two quarterbacks committed, which yeah. is probably a bit of a bonus to contention for AJ Swan's family, but yeah. uh, I, you know, I haven't asked them about it I, just as, as a father, I, I can imagine I would not be too excited about that at this point in the recruiting process. Yeah, but, when, yeah. um, you know, you look at it though. I mean, we, they're still valuing quarterbacks just in case, cause you have to, um, you know, we looked at a kid that's going to come down and camp uh, for an offer. Uh, I looked at him in New Jersey and uh, the QB from the Bronx, um, Henry, Henry. Yeah. Henry, Henry Bellin. Yeah. So Henry. I don't know how he pronounces it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and he, he played well, um, but he, I didn't think he was as good as MJ or, or AJ. Um, granted, yeah. he had a worse skill group to work with than, than those two guys, but still. Um, it was, uh, it was, you know, I think there's a difference between all of those cats. Um, yeah, there's tears. Yeah, sure. And, and, you know, we didn't have a, what's weird is we didn't have like a Charlotte or Virginia camp because those schools were in, I mean, I'm sorry, those, those areas were playing football, spring football. Yeah. Um, so that kind of threw a lot of stuff off too. So there's some other kids we haven't seen and, uh, some other cues we haven't seen either. So, um, yeah. You know, Tech has a quarterback camp in June. That'll be interesting to see who shows up for that, who shows up for for camp camp, who shows up for seven on sevens. Um, It's it's uh, the month of June should be really fascinating. We're going to be very busy. Yes. Uh, um, Memorial Day will be the last. I wouldn't even call it a day off because, you know, that's where all the kids, they'll drop their top schools. They'll Well, any holiday, Russell, this is something people can learn. Any holiday is always like an oh crap moment for us because we're waiting for someone to yeah. to to pull a stunt mother's day father's day uh 4th of July memorial day labor day chris there's been kids commit on christmas day like I, that is like about the worst thing you can do to like right especially now yeah like you're trying to what, build a brand like i'm going to commit on christmas well you're you're that's stupid because a people aren't aren't on like you're gonna have like unless you just want to be like totally low-key no one's gonna care because everyone's with their families or doing whatever um so you you'll have a very small audience so just a word of advice if you're you got a kid who's thinking about doing something like that don't yeah or if you're a kid that's thinking about doing that don't 
Right. Uh, don't commit on the 4th of July. Don't commit on a holiday of some kind. You know, don't commit on Thanksgiving. Because you just, it, it, not only do you like mess with people, like the people have to cover you's life, but it just is like, no one cares. Like no one's on the sites like at those times. So right. No, don't do it. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. Like you said though, June, June's going to be a, a busy month and you know, the content, like a lot of my time right now is being spent on the back end, which is like, you know, stuff that doesn't necessarily get posted on the board, which is, which is tough because, you know, as recruiting analysts, we have so many, off the record conversations that sometimes they can consume a, a, almost an entire day. And, you know, you, you got to try to, you know, pick and choose, you know, who, who to talk to, whose opinion to value, especially right now with the quarterback situation, you know, there, there are so many variables and things going on behind the scenes that, I mean, you know, maybe, I, I don't even know if the, it's like, war room appropriate like we may have to be like in person talking to people for them to hear like the ins and outs of of everything that's kind of gone on and how the situation's played out the way it has and and why things keep getting you know moved around and stuff like that um but you know like you said june's gonna be busy and and you know may hasn't exactly been been slow for us either you know like you said you've been on the road I was able to get down there. I'll be back down there with my official visitor. So it'll be good. Yeah. I think it's going to be, uh, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what, um, what happens here over the next couple of weeks. Cause a lot of schools are going to try to put a button or an early button on their classes here. There's going to be a lot of downward pressure on kids to commit over the next two months. Um, and, and, you know, every kid I've spoken to in person has talked about that. Like, yeah, they feel a lot of pressure to make a decision now before the start of their senior seasons. So the clock's ticking, uh, you know, some like, so down in the South, you know, a lot of these kids will start camp in mid August and they have, or even earlier and they'll have games by, you know, week three of August, week four, uh, up, you know, as you go north, that changes a little bit. They start a little bit later, maybe the first week of September. But that's going to be kind of your timeline. You're going to see this sort of burst of activity now over the next three months that will go right into the college football season. Um, um, yes. And then, then it will focus. Then we'll shift focus because everyone's focused on the season, right? So yeah. Um, and and you know, it, recruiting will still be busy because at that point you have kids coming to games and that sort of thing, which, you know, Russell and I talk about that. We lost that entire sort of subset of our business uh, covering kids coming to games and getting their thoughts on that and meeting with coaches for the first time and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And uh, yeah, it is a draw. I mean, some people kind of act weird, but yeah, it is a draw when you play Clemson or Georgia or someone at home, you're going to get more kids on campus and you're going right. to have that. But uh, you know, the thing I talk about too, with these camps is like, you know, I saw Deshaun Watson as a freshman at Georgia tech in a football camp. Like you never know who's going to come through the door. Right. So Mm -hmm. who's, who's buddies with somebody or whose little brother is going to turn into a stud or, you know, Jaron Magum's little brother's now like a stud recruit. He was a pretty high profile recruit as a running back. Yeah. 
And then um, he's went to Colorado is now going to USF, but you just don't know his brother's a higher profile recruit now, like, but yeah. that kid could come tag along on a visit or whatever and, and become enamored with something when they're 14, 15. And, and suddenly you have an in on a kid and those are the, the big things that the staff's really good at with Jeff Collins is they can sell, man. Like, you know, I think, the, I think there's no question about it, even from, um, you know, the most skeptical people about this, the staff is they can sell and they've clearly developed some kids. So it's like, and they've clearly recruited some good kids. So it's like, if it coalesces and you start having a really good on the field product, you know, you could see things snowball on them too. Um, and that's where it'll get interesting to see how much they fill up uh, over the summer too, because there are going to be some kids who can, who have the, the wherewithal to hold out. Right. Like if you're yeah. Mikel Williams, you can be like, uh, you know, I'm going to wait. Right. And people are going to wait on you. Now, if you're, you know, Joe Schmo linebacker from some random school in Georgia, probably you need to jump on something this summer. Yeah. But, it, but if you're Mr. Five Star, you're, you know, a Rivals 250 guy, you got a little bit of play in it, um, unless you're a quarterback. So, yeah, and that drives – everything goes back to the quarterback thing, right? Like, quarterbacks are generally the guys who help put your class together. They're sort of the face of the class. And most of the time you have them committed pretty early on. And that's, I think, what Georgia Tech thought they were going to have with MJ Morris, and that just hasn't transpired. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what those decisions are, if they, who they end up with, MJ, AJ, or some other – third fourth guy um yeah. you know there's plenty who are still interested by the way uh that russell and i get messages from sometimes like kids just wondering what's going on um yeah they're keeping tabs and stuff so i i just say uh you know it's going to get sorted out um i think the benefit for georgia tech and all of this is that i think they feel pretty comfortable with jeff sims right now and they have some you know, quarterbacks who they feel like they can work with on the roster. It's not, you're not like a total cupboard empty situation, but you want to get a, as good a quarterback as you can. You want to up that competition in that room. And that's sort of the big rub right now. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, once the, the quarterback is, is in the class, um, I think a lot of people just think that, you know, it's going to be a, not a drama-free class, but it's, there's going to be so much less panic. And, you know, with the, the caliber of recruits that Georgia Tech's in on, when, you know, you're recruiting Demari Austin, you're recruiting Michael Williams, you're recruiting Marcus Allen, you're recruiting Thomas, you're recruiting, you know, all of these, these talents. Azaria, you didn't want to say Azaria's name? <laughs> uh, and Horace Lockett, you know, K.J. Miles. When, when you're recruiting this caliber of kids, you know, you're going to have drama. And that's something that I have quickly learned over the past six months that Georgia Tech fans are not accustomed to. They're not accustomed to, you know, recruits drawing their recruitments out to the last possible minute. They're not accustomed to, you know, the possible. Well, I mean, famously, Paul Johnson had the, if you're, if you're looking, we're looking philosophy. And yeah, 
um, you know, was pretty ironclad about that. So if you, you were looking and they felt like they found somebody better, you know, tough luck. And, um, it, yeah, ultimately, you know, people complained about that, but in reality, you know, I can think of maybe one kid that was, that was maybe a little bit of a mistake with, but most of them weren't like they were kids who didn't contribute at the place or whatever. And, and yeah, there was some poaching and there was a little bit of drama, but it was mostly sort of like, is Alabama going to take Dalvin Tomlinson or not at the end? And, you know, they cut a kid to take him or I'm sorry, they didn't cut him. They, they had someone leave the program who was a non-contributor surprisingly uh, right before signing day to, to clear a room for, for Dallin Tomlinson, but um, you know it's been. They stuff wouldn't do like that, that for Jason Jones, though. No, no. Um, and then uh, what was it? There was there's been a few. I mean, the Stefan Tuitt drama. Uh, yeah, but the, again, that was something that lasted like seventy two hours. Maybe it was like seventy two kind of crazy hours with that. Um, there's been a few things, but. Yeah, I mean, as you on these higher end kids, it's going to be more drama. It's just the way it is. When I covered UGA, it was like that. I covered, helped cover Florida recruiting in LSU. It was very drama filled. Yeah. With those kids, you know, like um, I, I don't miss calling, cold calling kids in Louisiana who I've never spoken to before <laughs> and, and trying to decipher uh, some of them what they were saying because they're, they're, uh, <laughs> their uh their accents were like too foreign for me to to grasp like the the cajun e kind of whatever was going on patois yes. um yeah so it's gonna be interesting and then you have like the long haul weird situations like uh the 2023 commit running back who's you know like that's gonna drag out as long as it's gonna drag out with him like you yeah. never know what's going to happen with uh, Mr. Simpkins. Yeah, he had his, uh, I guess you call it spring game, uh, in the past couple of days. And, you know, he's pretty excited. He's going to be on the Georgia Tech campus next month. believe it's his first time there. I can't remember 100%, but I do know that, you know, he, he's grown up a fan. You know, this is, this is really what he's wanted. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of gave pause and were a little bit freaked out when he was so excited about his Arkansas offer. I'm like, the kid's 16. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, it's going to be like that. Miami may come in and offer, and that's going to, right. And that's the thing you got to watch. Like, and, you know, it's that's the one thing there is that's a position where you can take a blow, right? Yeah. Regardless, like they've recruited running backs really well and they have a nice stable. And, you know, if, something weird happens there. And the thing people don't realize is there's so much downward pressure on kids. If, if Miami offers you uh, and the, and you're a Miami kid, like he's, yeah, he's right there in the heart of it. So uh, you're going to get banged on every day, all day long. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you're in his case, grew up a tech fan, as he said, um, but you're also still going to be excited, right? Like if Nick Saban calls that kid, you don't think he's going to be. And, and the thing people got to realize is they have to take, their like fanness out of it for a second and think about like if you know let's not even say nick saban let's say lebron james called you or if you know if say you're a racing guy and um dale earnhardt jr called you or whatever like whatever your thing is if someone big from that sport called you 
um, and, you know, offered you an opportunity, let's, you know, let's say to join their team, uh, work for their team or whatever it is, you'd be pretty damn excited. You'd be excited if LeBron James called you period. Like, even if you hate LeBron James, I'm not a big LeBron James fan, but I'd be pretty excited to talk to LeBron James. And I'm a jaded journalist who's talked to like every kind of kid you can imagine. But, um, you know, there's other than like Michael Jordan and a few other people, I haven't been particularly starstruck in my career, but, um, it's funny that one guy who actually kind of starstruck me a little bit was Bob Ryan, um, the Boston Globe columnist and, uh, sometime PTI around the horn guy. I was going to say, I think that's the guy from around the horn. If it's not, I have no idea who he is. Yeah. So Bob Ryan, hilariously, this is a, a nice sidetrack story that tech fans will enjoy. Hilariously, uh, Bob Ryan came when I was covering UGA in maybe 2006, 2005, something like that. He came to a Georgia homecoming game. He just was wanting to see like a real college football game in the South. And he came to, they were playing Vanderbilt. It was homecoming. I remember this part of it. And Georgia proceeded to lose to a, a Vanderbilt so. team that won like two games that season. The, the, the two wins were like uh, them and an FCS team or something. And it was like one, like one of the most embarrassing games, I think, in, in UGA programs, like modern history. They lost that game to Vanderbilt. And um, Bob Ryan was just enjoying it because it was such like a disaster watching the game. It was pretty funny talking to him. And uh, he was very excited that I had a Red Sox hat on um, in the press box. So he, he enjoyed that part of it, but uh, yeah, so he, he just, um, but back to the point, right? So like, yeah, uh, Mr. Simpkins going to be excited if, you know, even if Manny Diaz or whoever calls him or Jimbo Fisher or whatever, whoever it is, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's one thing that kids talk about being kind of the weirdest part of about all of this. When I talk to a high, like a five-star kid or a four-star kid, um, just having those, having Nick Saban's number or whatever, or having, uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney's number, or yeah. you know, uh, when Urban Meyer was coaching, he was one that always kind of shook kids up too when when he would call them. And it, it's just sort of funny to me uh, that people are so surprised when someone's excited that, man, someone's offering you to a free scholarship to go play football, like you know. Uh, a school like it's a exciting thing in general like i think people need to kind of chill back a little bit with with that but again this is a kid that's not going to sign for 18 months right so get ready for a little bit of a ride there's just going to be a long ride with that there's not a huge history at georgia tech of of underclassmen early commitments i think the last one before this one to sign was probably will Bryan like seven years ago six six seven years ago so um and that was a weird situation where the family you know was really bought in on the the non-football piece of it and that's why they stuck so you know i I think you got to just take the good with the bad there man did rutherford commit during his junior year I think he did. He might have. Um, it yeah, was. I feel like it was in December, though, or something. It yeah, was it was not November because like, they were. Yeah, it was. Jaylen it was Harrell a little bit too. closer to the reset. Yeah. It wasn't right. like. Not like this. No. No, it wasn't like March. Uh, almost 
you know, what, 21 months before you're going to Yeah, March of his sophomore year, if you want to put that into perspective. Sophomore year of high school. Yeah, so he's, you know, can't even drive yet um, <laughs> legally. Yeah. Um, probably doesn't have any, you know, it didn't, hadn't even sprouted a facial hair. Yeah. And he's, you know, committing somewhere. So, right. So I, I should, then, I don't know, maybe he has facial hair. I don't want man but um i think you know with him also it's going to be interesting and i know he he, sadly he uh he is very interested in finding out is you know what his original rating is going to be and you know how the reaction is going to be from the fans because you already know if he's a a four star he's going to be a must keep You, you can't lose him you can't let him get on other college campuses you got to threaten him with the with the drop, and it, you just can't let him go. But you know he he's a five six five five. He'll be like, you know what? If he wants to go, let him go. If he wants to go. <laughs> that's just the that's something I've I've picked up you know over the years. But but in reality, I mean the kid's a player. You know, Collins Choice and and the rest of the staff they wouldn't have taken a commitment from someone that early that they didn't think was a player. Yeah, but, that'll be an interesting one. Hopefully. Um... When Tech goes to play Miami, uh, maybe I can get to see him play. Uh, my hope is that he is in a non-sketchy area or playing a game in a non-sketchy area. So I'll have to scope that out before I commit to anything. Um, yeah. I know where he where his high school is. is uh, I think it's like on the good side of the turnpike, but, uh, you know. I think his school's actually the one that's like right by the hard, uh, right by the the Dolphins uh, Hurricane Stadium. But I'll have to look it up. But hopefully, you know, maybe I'll get a chance to see him. That'll help um, one way or the other, just in terms of getting eyes on him. Um, and I imagine that the tech coaches, if it's open, will probably try to work that out too to go see him. Um, oh, a hundred percent. I mean, they'll probably see him and the the all line commit they have from. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Benica. Yeah. Another kid that didn't show up, both those kids didn't show up for the Miami camp. Yeah. We're like, we were like, oh, for three or something with commits showing up for, for oh, our rivals games this year. Oh, yeah. Cause Willis was never registered and he wasn't really committed. No, that's too far to, for him to go, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame any of these kids, by the way. I, I say a lot of this sort of in jest. Like, um, I don't blame them for not showing up. Yeah, like these things like if you're committed, like right. Tucker, I remember Tucker Gleason didn't want to come. Like he committed like two days before the Tampa camp or something, and it was like, it sounds about right, dude. I don't blame you for not wanting to go. Like yeah. you got nothing to gain by this unless you're trying to go to like a five star or something. Yeah. Um, mm. and really the only kid, the, the, you know, the two kids that were probably had the best shot at that were Willis and, and Bonner, and um, yeah. Both of, the, both, both of them not exactly close to Swanee. So, no, um, no. And the, the, the funny thing is, is Willis was at the spring game on Friday. Yeah. Well, well, teammate, that would be a long turnaround to go to Leesburg and then drive back to, right. Um, it was, um, it was interesting because that I really liked their uh, 2024 D lineman that was there, Omar White. I think he's going to the um, underclassmen challenge 
he, he was a monster in there. And then, you know, another, you know, talking about D Lyman real quick, you know, Felix Hickson, I thought really impressed. Yeah. I thought he did well. Um, I was impressed with, you know, his size too. Like it was, um, that's, you know, one of the big things we look for. Obviously we've made jokes about the one kid that we saw that was uh, a little bit short of his billing. Um, yes. Uh, but you know, like in terms of, you know, looking around at the the other kids that showed up. Yeah. He was, um, he looked good. I thought uh, Mo Clipper looked good um, mm-hmm. from the Atlanta camp and, and Drew Bobo looked good. Yeah. Um, from that one and and you know i like lightsy too the the linebacker from fitzgerald i think uh oh yeah yeah, ej yeah yep yeah yeah i liked him and then that running back i mean you know he he probably wanted up at tech but was it mcdonald right from milton oh yeah jordan mcdonald yeah. yeah he was built that was impressive. I mean, he wasn't Branson Robinson or anything, but well, yeah, that was tough for for that running back room that day. It was like, you know, other than um, their their running back coach, who's uh, the former Giant, uh, Brandon Jacobs, yeah, played at Auburn. Other than him, he was the best looking guy in the field. Brandon Jacobs still looks like he could kill someone uh, <laughs> yeah. with, if he just lowered his shoulder, uh, right? But. Um, yeah, so uh, one of the things that's funny that we don't talk about ever is a lot of times the coaches that are, are uh, like at our rivals camps are former NFL players. So there's a whole bunch of them. And it's been kind of funny to see um, the reaction as we like the camps go to an area where maybe that person's from. And, and like, you know, I can remember um, like the Auburn guys getting real excited to see see Brandon when the in the Atlanta camp. Yeah. For example, or uh, – trying to remember who some of the other ones were there's a midwest one where um i think there was a guy from k-state maybe that was doing it like i try not to bother the coach guys that much because they're they're doing their thing i'm trying to do my thing and we're our our heads on such swivels at these camps that's that's unbelievable um you know also i guess switch gears a little bit again um Today was a big day for the baseball team. They clinched the coastal. Surprise! Uh, it just goes to show you kind of what a quagmire that was this year. Uh, yeah. Oh um, man, it's uh, the season in general was just up and down and, and really crazy. I mean, if you think about it. Well, really across the board, it looks like in college baseball, it was like that for a lot of teams. You would see, even like power teams like Mississippi State go lay an egg somewhere for a weekend series. Like yeah, Missouri. Yeah, they went to Missouri and, and choked. Yeah. and had to go sweep or try to or take the series from Alabama. But yeah, yeah it's awesome. um, it's just one of those funny things, man. Like you just never know what's going to happen with um, with you know with pitching and and all of that and having lost a season and yeah having the weird expanded rosters, which I think maybe gave coaches too many options for pitching and um, second guessing themselves. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it was, and and that's just across the board. That's not anything towards. No, it's not even Georgia tech. Yeah. No, I mean, cause I, I've watched a lot of college baseball and college softball the past, you know, few months and just seeing the amount of, you know, like if you read a box score, you'll, it'll be normal to see seven or eight pitchers. And you're like, what is this? 
yeah like some guy goes like three four innings and that's good yeah and uh, and you saw like a new la- layer of strategy but like it it didn't even really become strategy because it was so like the the coaches were just overthinking themselves and then you know they they pull a starter too soon or they wait an extra inning and all of a sudden they're down by three instead of up by one you just things like that and you know, for, for Georgia Tech, you know, Kevin Parada started out literally on fire. Like, you know, you it was it was hard to get him out. He was bat, batting well over 400 for a while. And then he, you know, kind of hit a, a little bit of a, a bumpy stretch. And then he did back up. And, and now he's, he's where he's at now. Um, you know, the the Tech team, like you said, you know, they, they really struggled with, with pitching. Like, it wasn't really like an overall struggle. It was just consistency, you know, in command. They were a lot of walks. I mean, you know, losing Jackson Finley early on in the season was tough because, you know, Jackson Finley was nails. Like, you know, he, he was probably going to eventually, like when Bart Nicky lost his job, the closing job, and Maxwell got it. If it, Maxwell wouldn't have got it and Finley wouldn't have got hurt, that would have been Finley's job. And then, you know, you had the the late season debut and, and really, really, really strong start for, you know, Marquise Grissom Jr., and that's really kind of it seems like added a new layer to the team and you know going forward into the the ACC tournament slash pool play however they're doing it it's a little bit inter- a little bit weird uh, in terms of you know being matched up with um with Clemson and oh gosh I'm drawing a blank oh who else is in their pod um yeah well, hold on. It's um, Louisville and Clemson. Yeah, yeah, Louisville. I mean, being matched up with them, it'll it'll be interesting because you know they they met early on in the season. Louisville's got multiple first round draft picks on their roster, um, so it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they they may even possibly have the number one overall pick and and Henry Davis, who's had an amazing year at, at catcher there, but it, it it's just going to be interesting to see you know, what happens with the team because they could very easily go 0-2 in pool play and then not make it to the semis. Or they could very easily, you know, beat Clemson and and beat Louisville and end up matched up with the arguably, the, in my opinion, the hottest team in the country in NC State. And, and NC State, you know, they were missing uh, Torres early in the season. He was recovering from an injury when, when Georgia Tech faced them and they were able to to win that series. And I mean, that really looking back on it, that was their big moment of the season in terms of, you know, helping the strength of schedule, helping the RPI and helping overcompensate for the the struggles they had. And, you know, the series lost to Pitt and, you know, the underwhelming performances and the, the late scratch of Brent Herter that one weekend where everybody thought that his season was over again. And, you know, there were just so many moments for the the team that, you know, to see them, be able to pull it out today had to be pretty exciting for a Georgia Tech fan, especially given the, you know, the nature and the the premise that always comes when you hear Danny Hall's name and you talk to a, a person who watches Georgia Tech baseball on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that um, I think that is very much the case and it'll be interesting to see kind of if they can kind of pull it together now and make a little bit of a run again um, like they did two years ago and and kind of carry some momentum. I mean, they have a really talented team. They just haven't 
played up to their their level yet. Yeah, exactly. Now, is there um, any type of updates you want to provide on the uh, basketball situation? I mean, it's still sort of the same, same, same as it ever was. Um, you know, just kind of waiting to see what the opportunities are like for 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 Jose and Moses in terms of the uh, the pros, and and really, it's hard to blame them. Um, you know, they they need to do whatever's best for them and their family. It's a situation where, really, other than trying to add a big man, it doesn't have any major impact on on the team and in the in the present tense for for Josh because uh, they don't count against the scholarship cap. So, you know, he just has to play it cool. And and if, you know, they fall back into his lap, great. And if not, you adjust and move on. They are still trying to find a big man. There's just not a lot of them. What they're trying to find is someone more like Moses that's a four or five instead of just a straight five. They feel like they have kind of a straight five to play with Rodney and Saba and even Mecca. They would like someone a little more athletic. Um, like the Brandon Johnson kid, they wanted him from Minnesota. Um so you know, there's just not there's been not a lot of those type of guys. I've talked to other coaches at other places who are kind of looking for the same thing. A lot of them have had to settle for kind of weird um, um, players that are are you know sir I would term as serviceable, but certainly not um, you know something that could replace uh, a guy like Moses. And I think that's the harder piece to replace. You know, Jose is a very special player, but you can sort of replace his production in other ways. I think it's harder to replace what Moses did and, and what he, the, the kind of anchor he was for the, the program in terms of what he did as a, uh, a defensive player and how much focus that, that teams had to put on him. Um, it's just, it's not the same. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. But I mean, you know, they're talking about, you know, potentially replacing, you know, Jose Alvarado, that's, like you said, much easier than it is to replace the reigning ACC player of the year. And I think, you know, that, that can't get lost in the, the shuffle is, you know, the fact that he, he was able to to perform at that level to, to win the award. Like, it's not – you can't just find someone off the street, find some random in the transfer portal and be like, all right, here, you're going to come here, you're going to get the exact same productivity, you're going to mean the exact same to the team, and you're going to stay healthy when it comes tournament time. Like, you know what I mean? It's just – that's not how it works. And really, those kids only seem to to surface for – you know, even Kentucky's had a hard time in the portal, and that's Kentucky. You know, like I think that people have got to realize that, that what they've done so far with the portal and getting the Smith kid from Mississippi State and, and being able to pick up guys like Usher and, and Kyle Sturdivant in the past, like they've done a really nice job of working that. Uh, there are limitations and maybe they have a smaller team this year. Maybe you need a guy to step up like um, you need a guy to step up like Jordan Mecca or, or Saba or, or Rodney Williams. And that's the thing that they're going to have to lean on. Maybe Jordan Usher takes a different kind of role. Um, th- those are the things you're going to see. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, I think either way, they're going to have a very competitive team in the ACC. I think, you know, if they can find that right piece or if Moses came back or even if Jose comes back, that kind of might kick them up another notch. But they've had two of the best finishes in ACC play in, in you know, 15 years or whatever it is, maybe more. Uh, I think they have a lot to build on. So 
I think it'll be exciting. I think people will be excited just because they haven't been in uh, the building in so long to watch games. Uh, you know, I, I had the luxury of actually getting to go and, and watch, um, you know, games last year, whereas a lot of fans didn't. And, uh, you know, being a media member, we get to watch games, go see the team. And, and it was really tough because you just had such a different environment. Than, and there were, I think, at least two or three games that I think might have gone a different way. You know, I think Tech won a game or two that probably would have gone um, to a home team with a real advantage, but I think they lost a couple too. Uh, you know, maybe that Virginia game goes a different way if there's a, a real crowd there and it's nuts in the building like it would have been. Yeah, I agree. So it's going to be an interesting time. We're going to be super busy. Uh, Russ will be back down here in, in the middle of the month, uh, next month to do camp season with me and um, we're excited. And I think that uh, it's a great time to jump on the site if you're not on. If you are, tell your friends. That's how we get bigger, better, and um, more intense. So uh, for Russell, I'm Kelly Clinton. This has been the Jackets Online Podcast.